Hey everyone, I'm Emily. And I'm Maria, and this is the Open Plan Podcast. We're excited to have you here. Join us in navigating life and architecture as young professionals tackling career, education, social lives, and everything in between. Keep up with us on Instagram at Open Plan Podcast. So now let's get into it. Hey guys. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Open Plan Podcast. Hanging out in Maria's apartment as always. <laughs> Very cozy vibes going on. We're having a few beers Saturday night. It's been a hell of a week. It has. I'm so glad that it's the weekend. Finally. <laughs> Honestly, nothing better than hanging out with Maria and drinking some beers right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. Um, so yeah, how's it, how has it been this week for you or the past couple of weeks, I guess? Yeah, so I guess it's been a minute <laughs> since we've yeah. recorded. It's been a, like maybe, what, two weeks? Two weeks, three right. weeks. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. I've had a lot of life updates since the last podcast. So um, yeah, I've started a new job. Woohoo! Very exciting. Yeah, it's been going really well. Um, I just started this past Monday. Um, I'm doing work with science and technology buildings, so specifically laboratory planning. So I've been, I've been doing stuff with a lot of federal companies and, you know, government associations, the CDC, NIH. Um, yeah, I'm really into it. Um, I've done healthcare in the past, so it kind of aligns with, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like user facing work where we like do stuff and then we talk to people who actually use the labs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really technical and um, I really, really like it. Um, if you hear any, uh, people honking in the back um it's the end of election week and we live in atlanta yeah i'm sorry for the (laughs) background noise here we do live in a city yeah (laughs) living in a city um yeah so the new job's been great everyone's been super nice um yeah i feel really fortunate to have started pretty quickly um Mm -hmm. yeah and jumping right in and i'm working from home and also going to the office like a couple times a week yeah it's hard starting from home already so it's, uh, yeah. it's good that you got the chance to go there i was nervous about onboarding but honestly everyone's been super good about it and yeah I'm, i've been impressed um so yeah that happened and then guys i passed my second are exam. <laughs> what so many good news it's been a lot of highs i don't know i'm expecting something bad to happen to me soon. <laughs> no but yeah i was so nervous for the second exam i took project management and uh last week and i passed it it feels like a decade ago oh my god yeah it does this week was a lot it's very long week it's been a long week it's a very long tuesday for sure um but yeah so relieved to have that checked off and Mm -hmm. um we are definitely going to dive deep into ares aka architecture registration exams soon yes but today's topic is on lead which is more tests another test yeah so that's pretty much my updates my lows i guess is really just election week and all the kind of uncertainty for a little while but as we mentioned earlier it's the end of it sense of relief yeah at least we know what happened right and it's not just watching cnn for 24 7 how was your week um, or a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, the week we a couple weeks ago was my birthday, so we hung out. It was great. We had a girls' so night. Fun. Um, nothing crazy because you know can't really have a huge party right now. But it was the big twenty five <laughs> quarter century. <laughs> quarter of a quarter century. 
It was really great. It was really fun. And yeah, I had a great time just chilling with my girls. I don't know. Just I had a big like three big deadlines at work that that week was kind of rough. But now this week was more chill. And so I was able to kind of like take more breaks and have more self-care time this week because I needed it. But yeah, that's kind of what's happened. Nice. Yeah. So I guess we can start with our project of the week. Yeah. I know we said that I don't I don't think we said that these projects were related to the episode that we're doing, but we're trying to like have a little bit of I think correlation. They do relate. For now they're they're relating. I don't know if we can do that forever. Yeah. Like for ARE episodes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know yeah. how that would tie in. We do the end car building. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright. Yes. So um I don't know if we've even said the topic of the week yet, but we well, are doing yeah lead exams yes lead green associate and we're gonna also talk about the other exams that they also have um because we both took it last summer and it kind of like took it together kind of motivating each other but Mm -hmm. um the project of the week emily picked today is slightly related pretty related to sustainable architecture (laughs) yeah i definitely picked it because we're going all green and (laughs) down that realm so Our project of the week is the Candida Building, often referred to as the Living Building, Um, and it is at Georgia Tech campus here in Atlanta, designed by Lordic Sargent and the Miller Hull Partnership, and the general contractor was Skanska. So this project is special to both me and Maria because we've both taken a class there together, Mm -hmm. and basically as soon as it opened last spring, Mm -hmm. and we've also attended several lectures and you know, events at this building. Yeah, we've hosted events there too. Right. So it's pretty crazy that the Candida building is so far ahead in sustainability that we both experienced it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the project currently is pursuing um, the U.S. Green Building Council, aka USBGC, um, who runs the LEED uh, certification. They're pursuing the platinum level and beyond LEED, the Candida Building is the first academic and research building in the Southeast designed to be a certified living building. So that goes even beyond LEED and is considered the most advanced measure of sustainability possible um, in the built environment. So to be certified as one, the building has to produce more energy than it uses. So ultimately, it has to be a net positive in energy, and it also needs to collect and treat all water on site. So... As far as energy usage, it's projected that 120% of energy needed for the Candida building is supplied on site mm. as a renewable energy resource. So they threw they do this through uh, photovoltaic rays and aka PV panels. So these panels are actually also used as a key design feature. It's almost like a very large canopy at the oh, yeah, entrance. Outside, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it acts as not only the major energy source in the building, mm-hmm. but as also a shading device. And almost like a design feature. So they yeah. want people to know this is a very sustainable building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And the mechanical systems use radiant heating and cooling and um, ceiling fans. So that's pretty much what they rely on. And for me and Maria, when we were taking these classes, uh, we would be there when it was extremely hot outside. Mm-hmm. And then to come into a classroom that's only using ceiling fans. <laughs> and yeah. It was very effective. We were yeah. so surprised. I think it, like our particular classroom was right on the perimeter where they had all those solar panels as a canopy on the outside of the building. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of like sun control and we we didn't even turn the lights on. 
Remember, that like, much we natural lighting. Turn, like, there was no AC, and there was no, like, artificial light. And it was comfortable in there. Yeah, and even, we only turned the lights on when we had, like, a month of freaking rain in Atlanta for, yeah, I remember, that was horrible. <laughs> um, so it was, like, super humid, disgusting outside, and we would go in that building. It would smell so nice, because it's mass timbered, too. So. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as the program, um, I mentioned the building is made up of two classrooms, four labs, a makerspace, and also a very large auditorium. So the goal was to host events that explore and teach the principles of sustainability, um, obviously used for pretty much anything an auditorium can host. So, you know, me and Maria did a lot of like she hosted like student committee kind of events types there. Um, and the roof is also occupiable. So right now it's housing beehives, <laughs> a pollinator garden, and also um, several kind of vegetables. So they have corn, squash, and a blueberry orchard up there. So yeah, I thought that was really neat. Um, and then finally, the last interesting aspect um, of the building is its materials. So it used a lot of salvaged materials, such as like two by fours from movie and TV sets. Mm-hmm. Um, tiles from a roof of a nearby campus building, um, granite curbs from the Georgia I- Archives building, um, and also like lunch tables salvaged from um, the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. So a lot of different, you know, elements from all around the city. So they definitely want to do like locally, mm-hmm. um, you know, produced type materials and things like that. So they also use a lot of local like manpower and, and, and local labor right, to, to make those pieces. Yeah. So yeah. this was a really... You know, we feel fortunate to have occupied this building, taken classes there, and yeah. yeah and clearly- we, we took a tour. I don't know if you were in that tour, but we a tour during the construction where it was, like, not enclosed yet. Right. And it just looked like a big, like, wooden tree house, and it was so cool. I wish they never enclosed it. <laughs> yeah. Mass timber buildings, a.k.a. buildings, only made of heavy timber, heavy wood. Yeah. And, you know, they don't paint it. They don't do anything to it. You see, really see the natural beauty of it, and mm-hmm. it's just... We loved it. Very nice. So that was the project of the week. Check it out. Um, As always, on our Instagram, we'll post pictures and some more information about it. All right. So we're ready to get into our topic. Today, we're going to talk about the LEAD exams, uh, both the LEAD Green Associate and all the following more specific exams. Um, so first of all, what is LEED? Uh, you've probably seen it maybe on buildings, um, LEED Silver, LEED Gold. It's basically, so it stands for Leadership and Energy and Environmental Design. Um, and it's basically a building certification program that's used worldwide. It's basically a big checklist of mm-hmm. a bunch of different categories of things that you have or not have in your building. You get scores and you get your building like crowned LEED Silver or Gold or whatever, Platinum. Yeah, there's, a there's different, different levels, levels to yeah. like how how many things you've checked off the checklist essentially. Yeah. So it's a it's not the perfect ultimate like sustainability um, checklist, but it is one threshold that is is a good baseline to have. Um, and they also have uh, a few exams that you can get certified in and get a little bit more knowledge in what lead is and what lead building entails, but also you learn a, lot, a little bit more about sustainable design. Right. So one of those exams is the LEED Green Associate exam. So it basically measures the general knowledge of general building practices and how to support others working on LEED projects when you're in a firm. And the exam is, I think, ideal for those new to green building. 
Um, if you're a professional or a student who wants to demonstrate your green building expertise when you're looking for a job, you know, or even just for yourself, the the LEED Green Associate exam is definitely your starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's almost like an intro to whatever you want to pursue afterwards. Um, and we'll get more into why we think it's valuable, you know, for yourself as on your resume and things like that. But yeah, so that's pretty much what the Lead Green Associate is. And as far as the exam, the exam is two hours long and it has 100 multiple choice questions. So no free response or anything like that, just straight up multiple yeah, choice. It's pretty simple structure and they're all, there's no like different sections or anything. From what I can remember, they're all the same format yeah just you just go through the whole up, thing yeah. um of course it's on a computer so you go to your prometric center mm-hmm. um you schedule your time you show up and you sit at a computer and take it mm-hmm. pretty much um as far as fees it's 250 dollars. however if you are a student it's a hundred dollars so yes. a generous discount <laughs> yeah definitely worth it i think that we'll, we'll get into this later but um we both took it while we were in school um so it's definitely worth it to do during mm-hmm. while you're still in school it's not like a massive exam it's not like the ares no. you know that you can't even take during school so right so big discount for sure and then if you do want to tie it into another exam as a baseline lead ga is kind of an exam you have to take and then there's several kind of additional exams for your second level so there's lead ap bd and c which is buildings design and construction um and there's lead a there's lead ap id and c which is interior design and construction o and m which is operations and maintenance homes and then nd which is neighborhood development Okay, so we've listed a few reasons why we think it's a good idea to get your lead exam, your your lead green associate credential. So it is another credential you can put on your resume. Uh, it kind of differentiates your, yourself from the other students if you're in school applying for, for jobs. And it it's just another type of uh, knowledge base that you can have. If you don't have a lot of sustainable architecture classes in school and you want more of that information, you can learn a lot from the study materials. That's one of the reasons why I did it. You know, there wasn't a lot of, I wasn't taking a lot of sustainable classes or anything. So it was great. I learned a lot of new things and the firm I was working at, I was interning at the time was really, you know, promoting sustainable design. And then a lot of the people there were lead uh, certified. So I thought it was a great idea just to be able to understand lead projects better and understand sustainable design, even mm-hmm. if the project I'm working on is not necessarily going to be a lead project. Um, it might have some of those aspects, some of those design um, decisions. Right. Yeah. Standards. I feel like I pursued it for the exact same reason. It just shows that you know, you're interested and you could be put on a project that, you know, is more sustainable or a pursuing lead mm-hmm. certification. So, yeah, as yeah. always, it's this credential that you put on your resume. It shows yeah. that you're kind of a go-getter and yeah, like- shows you're a proactive, mm-hmm. you know, student or professional that's looking to better themselves in the end. And that's always, you know, attractive to employers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And as Maria mentioned earlier, you can take it during school and it's definitely a test that, 
we think you can study for while still doing academic work. Oh, yeah, work. for sure. If it's a, it, I would recommend doing it maybe earlier in the semester because mm-hmm. um, it, it still might take a few hours. And I, I would say, like, we can get into this later on our, you know, tips and tricks, but it is kind of like an, I would recommend, like, a more intense, shorter period of time that you just for study, sure. focus, and just get it done. Um, don't spread it's it out it's not like the ares where you really need the stamina I, it's just a short little test and mm-hmm. it, it's it's better to do it quick um and more focused so you can definitely take it during school we both took it during our internships but you could definitely take it during school yeah and get that discount <laughs> while you're in school the hundred dollars yes. versus if you're about to graduate just do it <laughs> right um so yeah you know i think the lead material also shows up in multiple places, um, whether you're in school and you're taking an environmental systems class, um, they're going to reference certain lead standards, things like that. Um, and especially when me and Maria in this specific class or last semester of master's, I remember he was saying things that I'm like, I remember this from the test, mm-hmm. um, like certain lighting levels require oh, or yeah. natural like ventilation requirements, things like that. So on top of that, after taking a couple ARE exams, I've noticed that random lead questions show up mm-hmm. on the ARE exams. They'll be like, what is needed for commissioning mm-hmm. or something, a building? Yeah. And I just think taking this test test before that is a nice, like, precursor. Yeah. It also gets you in the mindset of taking architecture kind of tilted tests. Mm-hmm. So, like, if like you're in this up. industry. <laughs> yeah. If you're in this industry, you're definitely going to have to get used to taking some tests if you choose to. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, ARE six exams, the lead exam is good practice for yeah. that. You know, sitting down at a computer, being focused. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you are interested in the more specific, uh, more focused exams, you can. You This is a prerequisite. So maybe you take the lead green associate during school. And then once you start working and you figure out if you're going to be doing more architecture or interior design. And then you figure out which one. You want to get more specific with, um, but you still have that baseline. All right. So how do I go about taking or starting to study for the LEED Green Associate exam? Um, Number one, we recommend reading the LEED Green Associate Candidate Handbook. um, And we're going to link the the handbook resource in our show notes. Yeah. Um, It's free. It's on the USGBC website. And this handbook lets you know about the exam. Um, exactly, you know, kind of stuff we've covered as far as the length of it, the price, the, but it goes even deeper into the content of the exam. And yeah, it's a great resource to kind of look back on and then definitely create your account on the USGBC website. So basically, when, as soon as you create that account is when you can start registering for the exam. Mm-hmm. So. And it, it works in a similar way to when you become an architect where you have to have um, once you get your your exam done and you and you pass your exam, you have to maintain those like continuing education hours. I think it it's like every two years. So and you have a lot of time. I know I haven't done mine yet, <laughs> um, but we still got like a year to go. But you have to maintain a record of, of you know, continuing education hours. Right. So you have to set up your account. And, and once you register and pass the exam, you maintain that account to maintain your cert- your certificate. Right. And you also can reference like when you take your test and if you pass it, then your certificate lives there. So you ever need to like reference it for I've had to attach it to to applications Mm -hmm. and things like, you know, prove that you actually are lead GA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, always remember to save that certificate. Um, Yeah. So register for the exam on the USGBC website, as we mentioned. If you're a student, we recommend registering 
for the exam before you graduate just so you can get that discount. And don't um, hesitate to register at the moment because once you register, you don't necessarily have to decide a date. Mm -hmm. Um, You have an entire year to schedule your test according to your, you know, convenience and your preparation for the test. They are doing online tests right now. So, yes. Yeah. Just a game changer, especially during COVID times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Going into a test center definitely isn't, like, comfortable. Nope. Um, I'm pretty sure they're following the same rules as Aries where you have to wear a mask the Mm -hmm. entire exam, which I've done, and it's not the best. (laughs) You do get used to it. Yeah. Um, Pro tip, wear the disposable masks. Yes. A little bit better. Yep. Wear, like, the lighter material, as Mm -hmm. Maria mentioned. Um, yeah, so once you've registered, you'll need the study material. <laughs> oh, yay. Where can we find that? <laughs> so we would recommend checking out the handbook, as we mentioned earlier. They have a page dedicated to exam specifications. So that kind of outlines every category the exam is going to cover, as well as a number of questions that are correlated with that category. So you'll see like straight up like which like the number of questions that are the highest, so where you should focus your most attention. Mm -hmm. So one example of that is the lead process is one of the content, big content categories. Mm -hmm. Um, It has 16 questions, which is the highest one of all the categories. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically learning about the system, the checklist, all the different point systems and and their their own kind of uh, bureaucratic stuff, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> straight up going to be like, what does this acronym stand certification for? Certification process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're Credits. not going to get into like the nitty gritty of every category um, because you can reference them in the handbook that we're going to have linked. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as we mentioned, use it as a strategy to look at where the highly weighted categories are. So lead process is one. Integrative strategies with another content. Um, category, location and transportation, sustainable sites, water efficiency, energy and atmosphere, materials and resources, indoor environmental quality, and projects surrounding public outreach. So they're each about like nine questions from what I'm seeing here, nine, 10, 11. And then the lead process in the beginning was 16. So it's pretty spread even with the other sections and then the lead the lead nitty-gritty stuff is the biggest chunk right for sure yeah that was so yeah they have they have like about nine different categories Mm -hmm. and yeah your study materials are definitely going to cover like every content category so we can get into what exactly maria and i did as far as studying so for me i actually did a course through georgia tech um it was run by a third party and we took uh, almost like a workshop for mm-hmm. I think it was about three hours and then it was like done lecture style is done by a teacher who ran this program and then afterwards we got unlimited kind of access to his study guide yeah and his pdfs and his content and I really liked it um I will say the course was pricey and at the time I didn't really do my own research on like what my options were like I could have could I have waited to ask around to see what other people had? Like, mm-hmm. should I have waited for my internship to see what, in, like, uh, materials they had? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I took this workshop actually during the school year, so in the winter. And, yeah, ultimately I don't regret it because I really liked the content he put out. Um, however, I will say that if there are other options, if your affordability is kind of, like, 
your concern. I think there are definitely other ways you can study without it. So. Yeah. I didn't take any classes. I considered it like multiple times, even in undergrad, but I didn't take anything. So I had no materials, but I actually took the test and studied for the test during uh, the summer while I was interning. So I was still a student. So I got that discount. And the firm that I was working at had a lot of resources. They had a lot of resources for AREs and lead and everything because they encouraged that a lot. So I didn't pay for anything and got all of the materials. That is a Um, great pro tip. Always ask your internship what materials I have available. Yes, absolutely. And it, and just take it and, and take the, take the test that you can. I mean, I couldn't take the AREs, but I could take the lead. So um, it was a short, you know, fast paced kind of study session that I did maybe like two weeks mm-hmm. um, of actually studying. And I just used the, the materials that were available to me. But I would highly recommend asking around. I've been asked actually a lot um, for help on this because I obviously like put it on my LinkedIn or whatever in my resume. And people were like, oh, how, like, how was this test? Do you have anything left of materials that you can help me with? That's why also we thought this was uh, a really good episode topic because we've been asked about it a lot of times just in school. So um, definitely ask around for materials and any tips that that your friends might have. Yeah. So definitely, you know, you don't have – you could definitely do a more organized school-run course, kind of what I did. Mm -hmm. Or you can kind of wait to see if your workplace has materials. And, yeah, there's several third-party links that, you know, have their own – study materials, their own resources, and we're going to link some of them into our, in our study notes as well. Um, and yeah, this kind of relates into our study advice, but um, one thing we highly recommend for studying is take practice questions. Mm-hmm. This applies even for the ARE. I feel like I could read material all day long and I won't know how well I know it until I take a que- like a practice test or mm-hmm. a quiz and you really see where you're lacking, you know, where you need to brush up more. So there's lots of practice questions online and we're going to link them in our show notes. So yeah, definitely take advantage of that. And we also recommend you take it with a friend. We took it together kind of. We, you know, started studying at the same time and kind of talked about some of the questions together and and made ourselves schedule the test and just take it. Having that accountability partner. Definitely. I mean, you took it first, I think. Yeah, so... You scheduled it first. I was like, I can't. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah, that was... So I guess going into our experience specifically, we entered together during the summer and we both were kind of like, we should really take this test. Mm -hmm. And I think what helped a lot is one of us scheduling it. It Mm -hmm. was like, wow, this is real now. Yeah. Yeah. So motivate each other and talk about it Mm -hmm. on our walks and be like, (laughs) oh my gosh, the test is coming. (laughs) I feel like you took it before me though. I don't remember. I I think you definitely scheduled it first, but But I think I took before yeah, I think I took it before you. I remember that. I was, like, so nervous for you. <laughs> like, a matter of days before. And yeah. then you took it. Yeah. And then you passed it. Yay. And then I was like, passed. no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. We both passed it. It wasn't that bad. However, we you definitely need to study because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, very specific questions that you wouldn't really know if you didn't read material on it before. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lo- it's very specific, but it's not that much to study. So it, it, you don't need like months on end to study for it, well, or like a lot of experience or anything. It's it's a very it's a broad knowledge of the whole system. Is it doesn't go too into too much depth of anything. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that because a lot of people are like, do I need to know 
green green technology and like yeah. do, have done projects in lead or like any of the math that is involved with like calculating like net zero energy stuff like that i don't think that was in it at all no um it's more of a general like like we said all the categories it kind of runs through the whole building and all the areas that you can get credit for for the lead right. credential so it's it's kind of an overview but we I, I, like I said before, I recommend a short, very focused study like sprint. sprint because it if you take too long, it, it's not the type of test that you want to study for too long because you're going to like forget stuff. Yeah, you're going to forget and you're going to know like surface level and you're, you're not going to remember everything. So for sure. Yeah. And schedule that test. It's going to motivate you. If you don't have a date, you're not going to be like working towards anything. So, you know, it, it cuts out that procrastination in you. Like per- personally for me, I will not take it seriously until I schedule. It. Yeah. No, same. That's why I haven't taken an ARE yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're going to schedule it. I can't. <laughs> it really doesn't feel real until you schedule it. And then you're like, oh, I'm yeah. like 12 days out. Or Wait, I had I had maybe like two months to study and then I scheduled it. And then I studied for two weeks before. <laughs> And she passes so clearly. So it's fine. It be done. It's okay. <laughs> right. And another test taking tip is that every question on this exam is weighted equally. So make sure you answer every single question, even if you're guessing. Um, make sure you don't leave any of them blank. You still have a chance if you're taking a shot in the dark. You mm-hmm. know, it's better than nothing. And this rings through true for like all the architecture exams, like Aries, same thing. It's always like a good practice to try to answer everything because mm-hmm. they don't negatively count against you. Yeah. Cross out what you is absolutely wrong and just try your best to maybe get like a 50-50 where you're between two and you're just kind of like, hey, there's this one. Yeah. The strikeout <laughs> is like such a great effective tool. Like there's always going to be like a couple out of the four questions, for example, mm-hmm. that are just so wrong. Yeah. So yeah, basically look for all the questions that are blatantly wrong and you usually are left with your answer mm-hmm. <laughs> right in front of you. So another tip is to keep track of time. So it's really easy to kind of spend a lot of time on one question, lose track of it. And this is where the practice questions really come in handy. I recommend looking at the time when you sit down for these practice test- tests and even time yourself with a stopwatch or anything to see how long you're spending on them. Um, I think a lot of people get tripped up on you know, the timing of it all and feeling like they, you know, didn't get a chance to answer all the questions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, make sure you're quick for sure. Yeah. I, I don't remember too much about it, but I'm pretty sure I hit like I had just enough time. Yeah. Same. I did not have time to like review anything. Me neither. And yeah. I honestly don't think I timed myself during the practice. Exams, no, me either. So I definitely could be more prepared for that. So another thing is you can choose whether you want to see your results at the end. <laughs> and... <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I remember us hitting next, and I remember I was just like, I don't know if I passed this test or not. I, I was sure I didn't. Me too. Yeah. That's the crazy things about these standardized tests. Like, you could think you did so badly, but the passing score is not always as bad as you think. So for lead, you only need to get 170 out of 200. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you pretty large margin yeah to get things wrong so don't be stressed if you're like not 100 percent sure about every question mm-hmm. and last tip would be to their lead has their own like two-week study guide where they kind of break down the sections into days and you can like kind of do what they recommend each day and i, I that's kind of what i did i did it maybe for like maybe a little bit longer of a period like maybe three weeks but it's a good guide to know what how to go about studying and like what order to study and what 
what they think is important for you to read, which I wish we had for the AREs. Because I, I think this is a really important, like it's it's very helpful because it's extremely accurate. Like it was exactly what it was on the test. So yeah, I wish we had that for the ARAs. But this is a really good one. We'll we'll link it down uh, on the description too. I think it's it's free. It's it's open. Um, it does have some like links in there, like oh day two read the core concepts, and that's a paid PDF book thing you can get. But you can still there's a lot of free options in the study guide. Mm-hmm. Okay, so lastly, to wrap it up, can you tell me what what do you think uh, you learned from studying for this exam and how did it benefit you like professionally? I think it was definitely worth it. As we mentioned several times, it gives you kind of a leg up when you're interviewing or it gives you even a topic to talk about when mm-hmm. you're interviewing. Yeah, it, it, it gave me a nice base of really what sustainability like is like for the built environment and if i wanted to you know pursue it further it's nice that that's over with um what i learned from studying this exam on another note is kind of like the studying style that works best for me and that's you know as i mentioned practice questions and you know it just gets you back in the mindset of studying for standardized tests again Mm because that's not something that people do on the regular yeah yeah so that's what i think benefited me i think it's always impressive if you have the certification, especially if you're in school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, employers definitely like it a lot. Yeah, I think it does show you that you're not just like sitting there going to class. Like especially if you take it during school, you're you're still working towards you're looking at the professional uh, letters that you can get after your name, right? So like all of your mm-hmm. certificates and things get like those that. those acronyms. <laughs> yes, all the acronyms. <laughs> um, and it is one that you can do and it's not hard to, it's, it's a pretty quick endeavor. So I think that was super worth it. I, I had great feedback from having that on my resume. People mm-hmm. were interested in it, you know, just networking wise, they were interested in it. Some people that didn't even have it. They're like, oh, like you have this thing. Tell me about it. Like I, I might get it, you know, yeah. <laughs> random people like that. Or, you know, even students that reached out um, wanting to know more about it and wanting, you know, advice. So I think it was great. It's it's very it's not very common, so it can make you stand out mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah, it was worth it. Not too painful either. Yeah, no, <laughs> not painful. So yeah, I also recently did a huge batch job applications not too long ago. And um, one thing I noticed is that a lot of the jobs are asking for lead certification. Mm-hmm. Um, they either required it or they're looking for it. So yeah, it's something yeah. that you know employers are definitely looking for. Yeah, I think it's attractive. It depends on the firms. Some firms value it more than others, but I think that more and more people are going to um, see that it's it's a very good baseline. Even my firm, when I was doing it, they're like, we were not necessarily doing it because of lead specifically, but it is a good baseline to get all of the employers to learn a little bit more and be more familiar with the wording and, and the aspects of a sustainable building and what is more sustainable than what isn't. And just like, sure. a, a ba- like a base knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a great asset to your resume. It's uh, good baseline knowledge and it might get you a job. So for sure, we'll link everything down below. 
all the links to everything that we can find, everything that's free that you can access and get a feeling for it. And you can decide if you want to take it. I think they're doing online testing now. So make sure you check the coronavirus like updates and what they're doing, what their requirements are for the testing. But yeah, we highly recommend it, especially during this time. If you're having a little bit more free time, it's a great thing to do to make sure you're on the top of the list of resumes at a firm. Right. Like what else are you doing? You're not traveling right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you decide to take it, good luck. And Uh we hope you do very well. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope this was informative. We heard from you guys on Instagram. This was a topic that you were interested in. So we try to gather as much information in our experiences. So we hope that this was useful to you. Check out the links down below and let us know what you think about the episode. Uh, If you'd like this more kind of informative episode, we certainly enjoy doing this as well. A little bit more research, a little bit more planning on our part, but I think it's really helpful. Yeah, for Um, sure. Yeah, we want to help out with professional development. As always, you know, we're going through it in real time, the mm -hmm. same time as you. We're taking these tests. And yeah, any like, you know, special tips we can give out. We want to. And yeah, follow us on social media on Instagram at Open Plan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to. And be sure to leave a review if you like what you're listening to. See you next time. Bye.